0: Coming to you from the Sherpa Chalet at the top of beautiful downtown Mount Podcastia, it's a special episode of Too Many Podcasts. I'm Jim, the podcast Sherpa, and today it's a special episode where I get to speak with people from the entertainment industry. So get yourself an ILC, pop up some popcorn, and get a cold drink ready, and sit back, don't crunch too loud, or else you'll miss the interview from the Sherpa Screening Room. Hey there, Rebels, and welcome to another episode of the Sherpa Screening Room with me, Jim, the Podcast Sherpa. How you doing? This is a presentation of Too Many Podcasts, and it's a special week this week. It's called Faces to Watch, and we've got a double interview today and a double interview tomorrow. And on Friday, we'll have a special episode of Too Many Podcasts with a guy who's been a really huge help for this season and next season as well. His name is Stephen Joyner. He's the publicist that I've been working with, and he wanted to have the opportunity to come on the show, and we kind of shot the breeze. But today, it's a double interview with two actors, and the first one is with a really nice lady named Charlie Marie, and we had a lot of fun talking. She was on a lunch break, I guess, outside of a Mexican restaurant, but you'll hear all that story. Also, a little production note on that. You'll notice that her voice kind of changes towards the end of the interview. That's because her laptop died during the first interview, and we finished it up on her phone, and she was a great sport about it. And you can tell how much fun we were having talking because there's a lot of giggling going on throughout the course of the interview. After that, we'll take a short commercial break, and we'll be back with a guy named Joe Walker, who has also acted in a bunch of movies. And Joe took an interesting approach to this interview. He really used it as a platform to let people know ...about the struggles that actors face and that it's not all easy and it's not all glamour and glitz. And I really just kind of let him talk. I didn't ask too many questions, you'll notice, because I really appreciated what he had to say. And I really liked his honesty. And he's a super nice guy, too. I was really glad to speak with him as well. So before we get to hear either one of our guests, here to remind you that today's podcast is being brought to you by Audible. And you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com Sherpa. And there are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Lots and lots of titles. So let's move on to my conversation with Charlie Marie. Hey there, Rebels. At long last, I have my guest, we had a couple of little hiccups, but I'm glad that we finally got the chance to talk. And even during the daytime too, it's I'm actually doing nighttime interviews and she was gracious enough to alter her schedule and she's, we, we can say that she's sitting outside a Mexican restaurant right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't think she's going to look for yet. <laughs> she's been a writer, an actress, a script supervisor and a producer for her first movie as well. Say hello to Miss Charlie Marie. Hey Charlie, how you doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm very good. So... Uh, I hope at least that the burritos are delicious.
1: Oh, yeah. I love Mexican food. It's good stuff. You can put cheese on almost anything and make it good.
0: (laughs) Okay. We don't have to do a commercial for them or anything like that. So We'll talk a little bit about you, and maybe if somebody comes out, we'll ask them what else is on the menu if they have any specials. (laughs) You're not originally from California. You're originally from the, the Midwest. Is that
1: right? No, I'm from California. I was born here, and then actually I moved. I lived in Washington State, I lived in Texas, I lived in Florida, and I lived in New York. But I came back because I love California.
0: And like you said, it's a decent day. A little chilly today as we're talking. Yeah, so
1: it's cold. I know I had this adorable shirt, and I was like, you know what? Too cold. Got to wear the sweater. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how did you first get involved with wanting to be an actress or a writer? Which which came first?
1: Oh man. Um, <clears throat> well, I've wanted to be an actress my entire life, but it was this huge secret I like I refused to tell my parents or anybody in the world because I was so Nervous that people would look at me and say oh, that's not a real career or something like that or be like Oh, you know, you should be a doctor or a lawyer or something that you know pays every single time consistently And that's what my parents would have wanted. So I was like, I can't tell anybody But last year, I had my first paying gig, and I came to my parents, and I was like, hey, so I'm an actress, and I've been kind of not telling you guys and kind of doing it on my own because I was nervous what you would think. And my dad was like, you know, I'm proud of you. And I was like, yay. So it was kind of awesome.
0: So once you had that parental approval, then it was all smooth (laughs) sailing from there, right?
1: Yeah, and my family is very supportive. I just... You know, for some reason, I don't know why I thought they wouldn't be. It was just, you know, silly kid stuff, basically, that I thought that. But they actually ended up being really, really supportive. And um, before, when I was trying to, you know, win their approval, I would try to, you know, I was thinking about nursing and teaching. And almost everybody in my family is a teacher or has been a teacher at some point. They're great. You know, I'm I'm good with kids naturally. And I was like, yeah, I guess I could do teaching kind of because I'm good at it. Kids are cool, I guess, you know, so why not? But wow. I didn't really love it. And then I went into nursing because I was like, well, that's really cool. That's prestigious. You save lives. Like, so I worked at a hospital for about, well, two years at one and like four years at another. And, you know, I kept trying. I went to nursing school. And I liked it, you know, the patient said I was very compassionate and, and sweet, and I was very helpful, and, you know, I did help a couple people, um, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I was on the rapid, uh, rapid response team, and some people would be close to dying, and I would help bring them back, and it was amazing, but it wasn't acting, and I just, I needed that acting, I need it as, like, a part of my life, you know what I mean? Sure, but and enough.
0: unfortunately, teachers and nurses don't get Nominated for Academy Awards either, so you (laughs) have to rule that out, right? Not unless they're really, really good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, yeah, of course, that would be a great goal, but it's also kind of, I'm very emotional, and it's something that I just, I want to put, like, okay, when I was trying to help my friend in high school, I was trying to help her figure out what she wanted to do with her life. I said, well, you know what I'm trying to do in order to determine it for me is. What is something that you're inherently, naturally, that you naturally are, that if you put yourself into it, it it's something that can also benefit the rest of the world. And mm-hmm. me, I'm naturally extremely emotional. I'm naturally very good at empathizing with people, and so it kind of is just it like it, it's synchronized. You know, it aligns perfectly with acting. And then at the same time, I know that that could benefit the world because. You know, you had a rough day at work and you go home and you, you want to sit down and put on the TV and laugh at something, you know, or, or you know, you watch somebody that's a villain and you actually kind of love them secretly, but they're a villain. So, you know, that like you probably shouldn't, but you do secretly love them and you're kind of like voting for the underdog and it like inspires you. And like, so I know that I could help people with it, too.
0: You did a little writing, too, as well. You wrote some short yeah. films.
1: <laughs> that was kind of it was it's fun. I love it. It was kind of an accident. It was actually, um, it was actually really funny. I was I'm always in school. I'm obsessed with learning, and I was writing something for a friend of mine. Um, I was helping edit his essay, and he was like, "Okay, well, thank you. You're really good at this." And I was like, "You're welcome." And then a few weeks later, I was writing my own essay, and he was talking to somebody over Skype, um, trying to help the other guy like edit his screenplay, and he looks over and he goes you know, you write great screenplays, like, plot-wise, but you have really bad grammar. And he looks at me and he goes, you have amazing grammar skills and spelling and all that. Do you think you could help my friend here? And I was like, sure. So then I started writing his, like, helping him write his screenplay, but then I noticed stuff in the scenes, and I was like, wait, what if we do this instead? Or or what if we add this? Or I'm not trying to overstep my bounds, but just what do you think of this, you know? And eventually we ended up working together and creating some things on our own, like, completely together. And um, after that, I was like, you know, maybe I could do some things on my own. And so, you know, I got final draft. I started, you know, writing everything down. And I mean, I kind of have always told stories when I was since I was little, like I would wake up in the morning and go bug my grandma. Hey, let's go. Like, I want to be, you know, have a day because I'm a kid and wake up, wake up, wake up. And she was like, I want to go back to sleep. So tell me your dreams. And she would like kind of like, be like, go ahead, just just tell me what you dreamt about. And I would tell her my dream, but then I would elaborate and turn it into a cool story. And she'd wake up and be like, did that really happen? And I was like, well, I kind of out the end. But yeah. And <laughs> so I started writing down some of the dreams. I wrote down stuff that, you know, I thought of. And it's really fun, actually. I like acting more, but it's still really fun.
0: Now, have you written stuff for yourself to, to act in or usually just mostly for other
1: people? Well, I kind of. I make the character just based on what fits the story. I don't really think necessarily about, oh, if I'm the main character. I kind of, I put people I know, like, not the full person. Like, I don't go, okay, my grandma's this character. I I kind of take bits and pieces of every person, including myself, and put them into the character to make the character well-rounded. And so, like, when I'm developing a character, it's not one person I know. It's kind of a combination of everybody. Um, But there are ones where when I'm done, I review it again and I'm like, man, I wish I could be that person. And, you know, I I would want to act as her. And so, yeah, I do. But it's kind of accidental. It's kind of after, you know.
0: And I think between people who write scripts and storylines and regular writers, too, it's the same thing. I've interviewed uh, a guy named Mark Retorto who's written a lot of like fantasy books and stuff like that about vampires and ghosts and he says a lot of the characters are based on people that he knows, but he said it, it's never just the one, it, it's just a combination. I guess As you don't was, want to make it too similar to one person because then you, you <laughs> want your audience to think a little bit. You don't want them to be predictable too.
1: Yeah, plus it's kind of interesting to have the character, you know, do something unexpected. So, like, yes, my mom, you know, she's always normally really sweet and she, you know, she's reliable, whatever. But if if maybe she did something you know, kind of crazy. Like, my ex, like, one day she just never showed up. And then it's like, whoa, why'd she do that? And it makes the story more interesting. And then you find out that there's this, like, deep-rooted cause. And apparently she, you know, was hiding the fact that she secretly goes out in the middle of the night and helps people like a superhero or something like that. You know, like, you add things that are crazy and then kind of, like, mellow them out when you're editing.
0: Uh, your first movie that you were in wasn't too long ago. You did a... It was a video show, Rocky Kramer.
1: Oh, that was um yeah, that was actually I think a year ago or something. Um that one was fun, but I was I was just in the background and I was, you know, cheering Rocky on. <laughs> um <laughs> that was kind of fun, but I didn't have a speaking role or anything. I just kind of was like, Good job, Rocky, let's go. <laughs> um, but uh I'm trying to think I well the most recent one I did, it's not on IMDB yet. Uh, was Bonnie Boys, and I'm wearing this red leather jacket, and I have, like, you know, this side, not exactly shaved, but, like, it totally could be. It's, like, pinned back of my hair, and I have the hair flipped over. You know, I'm basically this gangster's wife, and I'm talking to his mob boss dad, and I'm, like, I don't know where he is, and, and he's asking me where he is, and I'm, like, I don't know but maybe if you didn't hurt him or didn't threaten to hurt him he wouldn't be gone and like I'm you know I'm frustrated at the situation because it's my husband and that was that one was really fun
0: (laughs) do you have like certain parts that you like playing or you really want to just kind of keep it wide open
1: I think for now it would be fun to like try different things Um, I haven't found an exact like niche yet but I kind of definitely want to try a bunch of different things and, and leave it mostly open. Something that I really want to try and I'm, I'm kind of nervous because it's a little bit out of my comfort zone is comedy. I seem like I would love comedy and I would be great with comedy because I'm all happy go lucky but it's kind of, I don't know, I've never really done a comedy thing. I did have this little blurb where I was serious but it was funny where uh, it was in uh, Maybelline, Molly and Me. So I was at the car, and, you know, I was a mechanic. And I come over, and I'm helping somebody with his car. And he goes, so, busy at the shop today? And I'm like, well, you can know, only teach them boys how to turn a wrench so many times. But, you know, and I keep talking. And it's kind of funny, but it's like I've never done full-on comedy the whole time. It was just one featured segment, and I thought it was fun. So I want to try more comedy again. Drama is really fun, too, because I have a lot of traumatic stuff in my life before even though i seem really happy there's been events that are traumatic and it would be fun to have that emotional recall aligned with you know being in the character completely i think that would be really great to kind of dig into also
0: do you have any favorite kind of movies or favorite genres of movies that you love to see
1: inspirational movies like um have you seen pursuit of happiness with will smith
0: I actually never saw it, but I know what you're talking about.
1: Oh, you've got to see it, it's so good. Or, or Rocky, you know, like just super like, where it's kind of the underdog and they kind of are struggling for a while, but then it's like they get to the top and they're you're they're, they're in tears because it's so amazing that they finally got there, that kind of thing.
0: I always ask this to the people who act, if there was any movie or movie role actually that you've enjoyed maybe throughout the years where you wish you could play that character what, yeah. what character would you want to be?
1: You know, I really love the new Aladdin, the uh, the live-action Aladdin. I would love to play Jasmine. I thought that that was incredible. It was very empowering, and I thought she did amazing. She's beautiful, and her song was great. And I just, that would be a really cool role to do.
0: That's an interesting choice. So, yeah. so okay, well, since, since we're talking Aladdin, let's give you three wishes. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Let's see. Right, go. Um, <laughs>
0: I, I know I said there was gonna be no math but you know this is
1: as close <laughs> as we can oh yeah that would be my first no <laughs> um no my math. first one would be um let's see to be able to successfully by my standards act as my career um which successfully I say you know enough to where I feel like I've contributed to the world in a sense and helped people see like things that inspired them. Like if somebody came up to me and said that something inspired them that I did, that would be huge. If you know, I could inspire my really close family members, that would be huge. Um, To be able to like sit on the couch and watch a movie I was in with my family would be the second one and inspire them tying into the first one. The third one would be to get to a point um, financially, I think, to where I could contribute to causes that would help the world. So kind of those three, I guess, would be the biggest ones. Um, I wanted to say world peace, but then I realized that everybody says that. So I was like, I could contribute to the world in a positive way without just, you know, broad, like, just making the super broad world peace. I want the world to have peace, but I want to try to contribute to it too. So. <laughs>
0: There's nothing wrong with wanting to make your own mark in
1: the the
0: universe, right?
1: And, of course, like, I'd really want my family to be healthy. I feel like this would have to be something I might have to think about. (laughs) Because, like, like, okay, maybe I could make the first two kind of one. And then be like, I really want to inspire people, including my family. And then the second one would be my family would be healthy. And the third one would be to be able to, you know, provide for causes that could help the world. So there you go. There's three. (laughs) Okay
0: that works. Something Maybe you can help answer this question. You were a script supervisor. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What what exactly does a script supervisor do? I never really knew that.
1: Well, okay, we're the people that, when the actor yells line, we tell them the line. And also, like, I have a ring on this finger, right? Well, I would, as a script supervisor, make sure that it was on this finger when we came back to scene, because, obviously, the person's not going to just, like, have it on a different finger in the next section you know or you know make sure that the microphone um, line is on this side and not on this side just things like that to make sure that there are no continuity errors Mm -hmm. also the director is above us so we can let the director know hey so I noticed that this doesn't align with the script do you want to you know this is what the script says what do you think and there's certain times where they'll change things you know in the script or there's other times where they'll go, oh, oh, let's let's go back and do that because I want it to be the same as the script. Basically are the liaison between, you know, what they're doing and the script to make sure that they align.
0: Yeah, and it's funny with in the internet era, I think that becomes such a bigger deal too. Because I remember with uh, a continuity of, of a movie, they showed like scenes from Pretty Woman and Richard Gere and Julie Roberts are sitting at a restaurant and they have it and they both have drinks in their hand and the levels of the drinks keep changing throughout the conversation as they're (laughs) going back and forth. So you could tell, well, they must have filmed these, you know, taking different takes and just kind of spliced them all together. And just that little dumb detail made it almost like, you know, the internet found this distraction.
1: Yeah. Like um, there was a game of throne things, I think uh, a year ago or something too, that they had a Starbucks inside of the, I never saw it. I just read all of the stuff on the internet about it. But I was in, um, like, a student film. Maybe it was, I think, two years ago now. And we had to eat ice cream outside. And it was an ice cream cone. So it wasn't, like, a bowl where you could, like, hide the amount. It was, like, a cone where you could see how much is eaten. And they're, like, cut. And I'm, like, "Um, this is going to melt. Like, what do you want me to do to keep this going? Like, you know, like. And then so they kept buying us more ice cream, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was just, it was fun. It was crazy.
0: Did they they must have had, like, special ice cream props, like, half-eaten ice cream, full cone, <laughs> quarter of a cone, bite confused. out of the cone.
1: It was real ice cream. We had to just, I, I kept like, okay, I'm not going to look it for a minute because he yelled cut, and then I'm like, but it's melting, so how do I make it look the same? Ah. It was just, it was fun.
0: Now, you've also <laughs> done some work as an associate producer, for
1: Eternity? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he asked me to um, <laughs> <no>, help <with> that. <laughs> also, okay. did a number of things on that movie. I loved that movie. It was so fun to shoot. It was crazy because the weather got crazy at one point, and we had to, like, rush the, the leads out and be like, okay, you got to hurry up and do this scene because the sun's going to go down. And if the sun goes down before the scene, it won't look good. So hurry up. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> but that was – it was – such a fun production and I love the people they were so nice and it was just that one was amazing it was very fun
0: now I know you said you wanted to talk a little bit about a gift of the heart
1: yes a gift of the heart is a book written by Andrew Heller and he actually is getting um, he's gonna talk about it on the Ellen show Um, he's turning it into a movie and you know the dad on Smallville is the doctor in the trailer that we've got which is totally cool And um, there's a website. It's www.agiftoftheheart.com. And it has all the things I'm talking about there. It's a really, really inspiring story. And I think you know how I feel about inspiring stories. So it's it's just, I don't want to say too much because it's something that you've got to just like see for yourself. But it is good stuff. And it's very inspiring.
0: Do you have any new acting projects coming up?
1: Most things got closed down because of the coronavirus, unfortunately, but I am waiting to hear back from Actually three different production companies um, Because we had them set up for May June and August and they called me and they're like Well, we don't know exactly what's going on with this virus thing So we're gonna have to stop for a while and I'll call you back and let you know When we want you to come back into it. So I'm not entirely sure yet unfortunately I'm definitely looking forward to when it comes back up because I want to get back into into everything, you know?
0: And I guess that is a big part of being in the entertainment business that you have to be patient. Even, I mean, people think that movies get shot over like a couple of weeks where it could be a couple of years sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, everything has to be, you know, set up the best way for the entire production. So sometimes it'll be... You know, if, if, for example, if you want the person to age or something, you need to like make it longer or, you know, it just depends on so many things. It depends on locations and people and, you know, their schedules. And it's just it's a lot.
0: <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm looking at your credits and everything and all the different roles that you've played with movie making. Well, you, well, you haven't been in a lot of movies right now, but like you say, there's upcoming things. Your background that you have probably gives you such a good arsenal because you can go on set and understand what's going on behind the scenes, like what might cause a delay. And it makes it a little more relatable.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of compassion for the crew and for, you know, the director and the script supervisor and just every single, you know, cog that fits together to make the production good. And I just... I have a lot of respect for them, especially the editor. That is some hard work, man. I was looking at um, somebody else editing, and I was a little too nervous to do it completely myself. Um, but I was watching him edit, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's a lot of work. You have to make sure everything is, you know, just perfect." And it's fantastic. I think that they are amazing people. I think, I mean, I have a lot of respect for all of them. The director just everybody.
0: So what advice would you give to somebody who wanted to get involved into the entertainment business?
1: Well, I think the first thing I would say would be to always learn. So no matter where you go, even if you're not on set, it just learn about people. Learn about yourself, especially. Learn about, you know, what you, what you look like from an outside perspective, what you feel on the inside, um, how people you know handle things how they react to things and then learn your craft learn it as much as possible all the information just like soak it in and constantly grow constantly hone your craft watch something that you did before and don't critique it to the point where you're like sad like dang i messed up but critique it to where you know that in the next one you're going to do this better and just always keep going up and always keep growing as much as possible
0: you also have a website charliemarie.com
1: yeah it's www.charlie-marie.com
0: and what do you have on there
1: i have a video um of uh when i you know hosted stuff for gift of the heart um i have a video that's my acting reel and i have a little um bio section that my uh first director i ever had wrote for me um He actually took a quote of something I said, put it in there, and I have an upcoming page that talks about all of the, you know, podcasts I do, or upcoming movies, or, you know, projects I've done, and I also have an advocacy section for, you know, I like to talk about and raise awareness for ADHD and autism, and because people don't always understand, some people really do understand, and they have to deal with it every day, but some people don't have awareness about it. And it's kind of just, you know, I I talk about things that could hopefully raise awareness. And personally, I have ADHD. And so sometimes I'll, you know, put a little funny story about something I did that I didn't even realize it was an ADHD thing until I talked to my doctor about it. And he was like, yeah, did you know that you're doing that because of this? And I was like, oh, really? That's interesting. And so kind of as I learn more about it myself I'm putting more stuff out there so that people can learn too which I think is kind of cool.
0: Her name is Charlie Marie and I thank you so much for coming on down and I hope that the the rest of your lunch is enjoyable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much yeah I really really enjoyed being on the show I enjoyed talking to you thank you.
0: Hey there rebels this week in the Sherpa screening room I'm hanging out with Mr. Joe Walker. And Joe is an actor who's been doing it for about a good 20 years or so. But uh, he's got a really interesting stories, and he's done some short movies and some longer movies. And he, he's definitely had a lot of fun, and we've been chatting away here. So we figured, hey, let's hit the record button and let all the rebels get to hear the rest of his stories. So, how are you doing, Joe? How
2: you doing, Joe? I'm doing great, Jim.
0: All right, so uh, why don't you uh, tell us a
2: little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Joe Walker. Um, I live way down in San Antonio, Texas, the unknown land. Um, I have been doing acting for a little bit over 20 years, and um, I started out, I was about 18 years old. I was about to graduate high school. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And so I remember I was at the mall, and they had this deal called Explore Talent. And I thought, man, these people approached me, and I said, man, you know, uh, we'd like to have you come out to this event and um, audition with us. And so I did, and it was more of a modeling Um, type deal and of course they picked me and had me do a whole bunch of stuff and I thought okay that was cool and then I got I I got very excited about the idea of doing this type of industry and I thought man let me open up the phone book and see what's in there about talent agencies because everybody kept hitting me up with talent agencies the idea of getting a talent agency And so I opened up the trusty old yellow pages, which I don't know if we still have those. Um, and I looked up talent agents and I just started calling them, not having any idea of what, where it would lead or what it would turn into or not even having any money. And so I remember I called the first one on the list, which was Avant Talent. And I called them and I said, Hey, um, I'm really interested in uh, maybe pursuing a career in the acting and modeling industry, and I, I don't know where to begin, but I'd like to, to try this out. And so the lady said, hey, uh, well, how about this? We have a Wednesday um, at 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. We, have an, um, we basically have you come in we'll throw, we'll tell you a little bit about the industry. We'll kind of look at you and see if, you know, you are fit for this kind of work. And I said, okay. And so I showed up at their office and I came in and they, they threw out all the stuff like you're going to need headshots. You're going to need, you know, to have a couple of, you know, modeling photos and this and that and the other. And, and I said, well, I don't have any money, and so she said, "Well, I think you got a great look, and I will front you the headshot." And I said, "Okay." And she said, "Well, but you're going to have to do some work. They call it promo work, which I found out later on. That's just it's it's really not the the funnest work. I remember I um, for my promo work, I had to work a um, like a concession stand type thing, and." I was I, was, uh, I wasn't too excited to be there, but I, I worked off those headshots. About a month after I got my headshots back, she sent me an email, and she said, hey, um, there's a short film, um, and I'd like for you to audition for it. Now, I had never read a script. I'd never looked at anything like that. And so she sent me over the information with the script, and I read it. And I could just feel the energy in, you know, within me, like, man, I'm really excited about this, you know, opportunity. And, you know, I'm going to play this um, con artist bad guy. And, you know, I, I hadn't booked the role yet, but I had to go do the audition. And I'd never done an audition before in my life for a film. And I will never forget. I, went, I, I, I must have read that script a thousand times and it was only a nine page script but the sides were just a couple of pages and I had it memorized. I mean, I even knew the punctuation marks, like that's how much I had it memorized. (laughs) And so I showed up and I got into the audition and I let, I performed to the best of my ability. And then I left and about, two hours later, I get a phone call from the agency that says, Hey, uh, we wanted to let you know that you, you booked the role. So my very first audition, I booked the role and I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is
1: okay. This is happening,
2: you know? And it was a paid role and it wasn't much. I mean, it was a hundred bucks for the day, which that was 20 years ago. So, and I was only 18. So a hundred bucks to me was like, a bunch of money (laughs) like a a pile of money you know so i we start prepping for the shoot and i'm 18 years old my love interest is 35 years old and she is smoking hot okay like smoking smoking hot and so i'm 18 years old doing this and 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 in the in the script they have a, a quick makeout theme So I'll never forget it. I invited the 35 year old over to my house to practice running lines. And because she also was like, I would like to, you know, practice in front of the camera. So we set up a little tripod with a camera. And I was on cloud 99. I'm 18 years old making out with a 35 year old woman in my apartment for this film and I thought this is the life this is what I want this is what I want to do you know like this is incredible um and so that film was made and it showed at a film festival I went to the the showing the screening I I ended up leaving. I didn't know that there was a and a right after the screening. And the producer that made the film was like, dude, they were asking all kinds of questions about you. And he's like, why did you leave? And I was like, I thought it was over. I thought, like, right after the film, you just walked out, you know, the, <laughs> of the theater. And so he's like, man, you could have, like, made a bunch of networking and connections and whatnot. And so I passed. Uh, you know, I messed that part up. So I didn't know. I was still a rookie. And then after I did that, I decided, I thought, you know what? I was in college. It was, I, and I started doing a bunch of just short films for free around the city. And, I, and it was like, it seemed like I was doing a film like every three or four weeks, you know, at least once a month, I was doing a little short film here and there. In the, and so I started building up a, a, a reel and I put together a reel and then I got really wrapped up into college, and so I went off to Texas State, which is in San Marcos, Texas, which is about 40 miles north of San Antonio. And I couldn't figure out I, – I, I, at first I wanted to do – I wanted to be a newscaster like, and do the news like a broadcaster. So I, I, went to ma- I went into mass communication, and I failed the intro class miserably twice. Like, I tried it a second time, and he was like, man, you just don't have this. And so I was like, all right, what do I do now? So I took acting classes. So I decided I'm going to get my Bachelor of Fine Arts degree, and I'm going to do that, and then go from there. So I started taking these acting classes at Texas State. And theater acting classes are very strange, and they're very odd. And then they wanted me to read Shakespeare and write a 30-page paper on Shakespeare. And that's when I dropped out of college because I was like, man, I don't even understand what Shakespeare is saying. I can't even understand any of this. And I'm not going to be able to write a 30-page paper. So I went to the dean, and I told him, and I said, listen, man, I was like, I'm not cut out for this. And I said, I think I I, want to take my chances, and I want to move to Austin, I decided to pack my bag, drop out of college, and move to Austin. And I continued to do a bunch of films up there. Since then, I've done a lot of films. Um, I've gotten to a point where people that know me, I don't have to audition for them at all. They just have me come out because they know I'm going to follow through and I'm going to be prepared and I'm going to come, you know, as the character is. But when I moved back to San Antonio, the, my new, I, I had switched agencies, and my new agent said, hey, there's this film. She's like, there's a scene in it where you're going to have to uh, possibly kiss another guy, and she said, but there's some big names involved in it, and... You know, I'd really like to be to audition for this. And the audition's in Austin. And, you know, and so I told her, I said, you know, you're my agent. You tell me what to do. And she said, I would go for it. And so I went and I drove up to Austin and I auditioned for this film called Dadgum Texans. Texas. Again, like the first film that I ever did, I reviewed those sides. I knew every line back and forth. I, beca- I created my own. I played Buck, which is he's a dumb jock that like he doesn't know, but he might be gay, you know? Okay. And um, yeah, he's not sure if he's gay, but he might be, but he doesn't know. And so he's just a real dumb jock. And so I practiced my facial expressions and I practiced all the stuff, all the lines. And I utilized all that stuff that I learned in, at Texas State and Theater. And I went into that audition and it, I'll never forget. It was in this, It was in a downtown building in Austin, Texas. It was at the top floor in a really fancy schmancy office. I was nervous out of my mind. I took a deep breath. I got into character. I walked in. I performed all three pages of of script without even looking at it. And she said, oh, my, that was great. And I walked out. And the next thing I know, my agent called me the next day. And she was like, "Uh, you booked the role. And I was like, no way. And. Later on, I got to talking to the producer, and she said, we auditioned about 2,000. We had 2,000 submissions, and we auditioned about 200 people for that role. And she said, when you walked in, she was like, "We, we just felt like you were Buck. And I was like, I had practiced so hard to get that role. Again, it only paid 100. Even at this time, it was $100 a day. And so I remember it was a feature length film and I was on set for six solid days. And so I made arrangements with my job and I, you know, did all that stuff and I showed up and I I went to set and there was a couple of people that were there that were getting like top priority, you know, they had their own trailer and they had their own like, you know, uh, assistance and whatnot. And I was just like, cause I'm not SAG. I'm not a SAG actor. Cause at this point, and you know, I live in Texas. It's a right to work state. So you don't need to be SAG. I didn't know who I was working with. And later on, I found out that the grandma that was there, her name is Peggy Stewart. She, I was watching a bunch of Adam Sandler's films and she, is in a ton of Adam Sandler's films. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I just worked with a celebrity. You know, I remember her talking about being in a bunch of Westerns, and I remember sitting at the table when we had lunch, and she mentioned that she was going to do some Adam Sandler film. And, I, you know, most actors talk, 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 and you don't really believe them. And so when she was saying that, I was kind of like, yeah, right, old lady, I don't know what you're talking about, you know. And it turned out that she wasn't she wasn't lying. Unfortunately, that film. So there there was also Jeff Fahey, and he was on the hit show Lost. Um, he was one of the main characters in that the show Lost. I don't know that that show was big for quite some time. And then I looked him up, and I was like, wow, man, I just worked with a bunch of celebrities, and I had no idea. And there were some people from Comedy Central that were there. They were on set. Um, after that film, when I realized who those people were while they were putting the film together, I thought, wow, I'm going to be a huge star now. I don't need to do anything else. <laughs> like, I booked the lead role in this film and there's all these, you know, celebrities in it. I don't need to do it. Any- like, this, after this film becomes something, I will obviously, you know, my career will advance. And that film got what's called shelved, which means it it never really went anywhere. Recently, I worked on a, a film called These Hands Were Made for Knocking. And it, it's a short film. And usually with independent shorts, you think, okay, there's no budget. They don't have great equipment. They don't have, you know, this, that, and the other. And I remember walking on the set the guy told me it's going to be shot in a studio and they're going to build the set. And I was like, okay, you know, there's a lot of people, they talk, but they don't really follow through. And I showed up the set and I was like, wow, they built a, a small house. They made, everything was from the 1980s that, I mean, we're talking the refrigerator, the, the blenders, the cooking utensils, the stove, the, the tables, the couches, I mean, everything looks 1980s and that, the film starts out in 1980s and it goes from there when the guy grows up. It's a, it's a boxing film. And uh, I'm really excited about it because they're talking about going to Sundance and Canes and, you know, next year at South by Southwest will, because the film will be completed at the end of this month. Uh, they will submit it to all the, the bigger festivals, and see what, where it can go from there. And I, and so I'm excited about that project. And then I have another project um, called Bellwood. It is a, a sizzle uh, for a TV pilot um, that we recently shot. I shot this on March the 2nd. They had some very expensive cameras. They shut off this downtown street. They... Um, they had the dolly track and and I I don't know if I'm able to reveal this, but like I had a stunt in it where I actually get hit by a car. Um, So they, they actually, I actually did my first ever stunt where like I, my character, he plays a businessman and he's talking on the phone and he sees this girl and then they, they make eye contact and like, she's got some kind of evil in her or something. And he backs up and gets hit by a car. And I thought, man, cool. I can add that to my, you know, thing, list of things to do. So I've got two projects that I'm really excited about that they're going to go further. Now, I just filmed this past Sunday with a, a guy who I admire. He's a young kid. He's like 24 years old. And this guy, he writes scripts, shoots them. He has his own production company called Defiant Motion Pictures. And he's just very excited about doing things on his own. Uh, his name is David Carvajal. I'll never forget, we went to the beach. I was wearing my swimming trunks and went out swimming. And uh, I had cargo shorts to put over my swimming trunks. And so uh, me and my four, the group of four of us, we went to a smoothie shop that was right by the Santa Monica Pier. And we go into the smoothie shop. I look like I've peed my pants. Okay. Because my, my wet swimming trunks have gone through my shorts and they've gone through the back side and the front side. And so we walk into this smoothie. It's like a really fancy schmancy smoothie shop. And we sit down, we, we, we somehow got that in the very center of the, the, uh, the, the smoothie shop. And I look over to my right. And I was literally starstruck. Because there sits Julia Roberts right there, like 10 feet away from me. And they're having, like, a meeting and talking and whatnot. And my friend got up. She went to the bathroom. She was like, oh, my gosh. uh, I just ran into Heather Locklear in the bathroom. So we're, we're just surrounded by celebrities. And I kept looking over at Julia Roberts. She kept looking over at me. And I kept looking over at Julia Roberts. She kept looking over at me. And I thought, man, I mean, maybe should I, maybe I should hit on her or something, you know? And like, <laughs> and I, I'll never forget. I got up. We all got up at the same time, and as we got up, Julia Roberts and her group got up, and I walked to the front door of the. They were sitting outside, mind you. They had like a little cabana area outside, but they were directly across from us. And I walked to the front door, and she was right in front of me like I'm talking I I could have made out with her face to face and I turned back to say something to my friend and I turned back forward and she literally vanished like like out of thin air I was like I I, it almost like like she just disappeared and I I was like wow is that how I either like a a SUV just came by and jumped in and took off like it was in a split second so that was one of my experience in LA. And I, the other thing I, I did this show one time. Okay. And I know that a lot of production companies, they look at Austin and they look at Dallas. Okay. To shoot these shows and whatnot. But I did this show. It, it was, it was for fun. It, it's a, it's a, a show that's on YouTube. It's called dating beyond borders and the, the cameraman and the production company, they're all out of Canada. And they go all over the world. I mean, all over the world. And they ask people questions about what it's like to date in their area. The guy comes, I booked the role, because like, I know this Kathy and she was like, hey, they want they a guy, kind of Texas guy, um, about your age. They want you to play a fake date. And so I, I hope I'm not giving away too much information, but like, I play the, the girl's fake date. And, you know, acting is not easy. Okay, acting is a lot of hard work. And people don't realize that. They they say, Oh man, that looks like fun. I should do it. I could totally do that. No, no, no. You don't understand. Um I collect wardrobe. I have a closet full of wardrobe that I've collected for, for things. I have a full cop uniform. I have a a full military uniform. I have uh doctor's outfits. I have nurses outfits, I have You know, you name it. I have 1970s looking jackets and like, you know, all the different things that you're going to need for these auditions. It's not as easy as it looks. You have to prepare for the character. You've got to memorize your lines. You have to, I have, I have in my house right now, I have my own video room that is dedicated to shooting video auditions because that's what we've become. It's no longer auditioning in person. You send in these videos and I speak for all actors that do this. It is so frustrating when you are sending these videos in and you don't even know if they ever get viewed. And I really wish that they would go to some sort of deal like where you send the video in and you get a confirmation from the casting that they viewed your video. Uh, I did do one commercial that you know, and I'm not really big on names. I, I know I talked about a lot about Peggy Stewart and all those people that I worked with. But I'll never I did this casino commercial and it was a three day shoot. It was in Oklahoma and um I even right now I'm throwing a blank. Um oh okay, I have his name. Okay, never mind. So I show up to set and they're like, um Josh uh we want to let you know that Josh Dumel is is going to be the the lead the main character and um, you know just respect him and you know. Say, and I I never remember I, I remember telling the guy that person I was like I don't even know who that is like I I because I don't I don't know. There's a lot of actors that they follow other actors and they know other actors' names and famous people's names. I don't know anybody's name. I just show up and do my job and do the best of my ability. And so after I worked with the guy because I had no idea who he was. I was on set with the guy for three days. Super cool guy, by the way. Gave me a ride in a stretch limo, and we hung out and, you know, had fun, and we, I even, like, gambled a little bit with him at the table. I looked him up, and I was like, oh, my gosh, dude, that guy was a major celebrity, and I didn't even know who he was, you know? I am currently putting together a new reel. I'm waiting on some footage from breaking the loop Jim, you mentioned that earlier. That was a a film that I, I had that a full blown cop uniform and I'd never gotten footage of me running. And in that film, I'm wearing the cop uniform and I I'm running full speed and I run after this, this situation. And I, and I say, put your effing hands up or whatever, you know, like really aggressively though. And uh, I can't wait to get that footage. And what do you think, Jim? I'm oh, sorry, I'm blabbing on. Hi
0: there. How are you? <laughs> Was I supposed to pause and let you talk, or
2: something, man? I like.
0: I think if you were to pause sooner or later, or at least stop and get some water or something like that, then I would have just jumped right in, Joe. But no, I appreciate actually I... what you've what you've said because you've really provided a lot of insight into the acting world, especially for people who or listening who might want to get into that field, and it's not, like you said, it's not that easy. You, you know, you can't just, I'm oh. just going to step off the bus in LA and go, well, here I am now, I'm going to be a millionaire, and, I, you know, I'm going to get the lead role in every movie that I audition for.
2: Right, it doesn't work that way, and, like, people don't realize, dude, you, you got to be on set sometimes at 5 a.m. The last commercial I shot that I was, you know, shooting for a commercial they they wanted me to be on set at 5 a.m. sharp, meaning I had to be up at four, and in a ho I, and they gave me a hotel for that night. And I don't know about you, Jim, but the first the first night in a hotel is usually the hardest night to sleep. You know, like sure. for for in my experiences, every time the first night is like the hardest night. And so I tossed and turned till 1 a.m. and the alarm went off at four o'clock in the morning and you better be there because your reputation is on the line. And so, you know, if you're, if you're late, there's no such thing as late in the entertainment industry. If you're 15 minutes early, you're on time. So they expect you to be there on time all the time. It's not like any other job where you can clock in a little bit late and they're like, okay, well, next time try to get here earlier. No, you get one shot at it. You know, there's long hours, I stopped doing extra work for TV shows. I did that a lot when I was younger because I really wanted to to see what it was like to do a big production. And I'll never forget like they would put the camera on me and I would think, "Oh man, I'm going to be in this film, right?" I'm so excited. Like, you know, and I'm getting paid $68 for a 12-hour day or whatever. I don't remember what the rate was. And I saw the film and you're a blurb. And I was just like, all that they they had the camera right on me. How could I not be in the film? You're a piece of furniture. Basically. I I stopped doing extra work. I won't do it. You know, they, they, they say they encourage actors to do it because you just never know. You know, they always Mm -hmm. say, you just never know. The director may be like, Hey, that guy, I want him to come over here and I want him to say one line. And sometimes that one line can really start your career. But, you know you're getting paid awful money you're making 750 an hour you, they they work you for 12 hours um and i just decided recently i was like you know if i'm not going to be a featured role or a principal role i'll pass but i decided that if god wants me to be an actor he'll put the right people in place for me so i just need to stand still know now i do i have to put in the work yes but I feel like the industry will make its way. I, I, the right connections will happen, but I'm also a realist, knowing that if you're going for a role, so are 1,000 other people that are going for that
0: same role. Sure, you couldn't swing a dead cat without finding out that the dead cat was an actor, also, right?
2: Yeah, I'm sure that dead cat had a starring role in, in, a, in a in a in a horror film. I, my agency is out of. Uh, I work with Neil Hamill agency out of Houston, Texas, and they do have a lot of connections out of New York. Um, they're a big time modeling agency and they have some big names in their, their group. And so, and they do these things every once in a while where they'll have people come from New York or LA and come to their office and you audition in front of them. And but you know, for me, Being in South Texas, I think my best bet right now is New Orleans, Louisiana, those areas that I need to search for a secondary agent and see where that rides out. You know, I know Atlanta was really hot for a while. I don't know if it's still super hot. I know Atlanta was on fire until something happened. I can't remember what happened, but something happened, and a lot of productions pulled out of there um but again it's for anybody that's wanting to get into acting it's not as easy as it looks and get ready because you you're going to do a lot of work it's a lot of updated headshots keeping your body in shape keeping your you know doing all the different things that you can do building a reel building websites doing. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm the worst person at technology, and it's almost like you have to be a freaking scientist to figure out some of this stuff, man. Like, it's, uh, uh, you know, I I had to learn how to edit my own video auditions. Uh, I was fortunate enough that this guy, he taught me, and every time he would shoot a video audition, I would sit right next to him, and I'd be like, can you teach me how to edit, you know, show me how to do, you know. And so um, bit by bit, I learned how to edit. Um, you have to download and send these videos. You you know, I had to buy a $2,000 camera so that I could, you know, shoot crisp quality video auditions. I bought lights for, because, um, you know, you want to have good lighting. And, um, again, all that stuff is tax write-offable. So, you know, if you start your business, then you're good. But, Jim, one day, you know, Somebody may recognize me, and, and I'll go as far as I'll go. But, you know, like, it, everybody has a dream to do it, and some people are willing to risk their lives to do it. And I mean, I, I do it as a hobby, and, I, and I'm pretty lucky because I, I book a lot of stuff. And I'll just continue hobbying it out. And if anything ever blows up, then cool. If not, I had fun doing it. And I met a lot of cool people.
0: All right, so his name is Joe Walker. And I would like to say thanks a lot for coming on down to the Sharper Screening Room and, like I said, giving a little lecture on the ins and outs of being an actor.
2: Well, thanks for having me on, man.
0: Thanks a lot for listening to the Sharper Screening Room. And a very special thanks to both Charlie Marie and Joe Walker for swinging by and gabbing up a little bit. I don't know what that means. Anyway, you can follow this show on social media at SherpaLution, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to it on your favorite podcast app or at my website, SherpaLution.com. Don't forget, tomorrow there'll be another episode. You don't have to wait till next week. Oh boy, oh boy. So while the anticipation builds, Mr. Bruce, can you please show everyone the door? Thank you, sir. Viva la Pollution. Thanks for listening to Too Many Podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva la Shepelitian. Viva la Shepelitian. <coughs> oh. Yell! come
2: back now, you hear?